Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. All right. Happy October 25th, everybody. And special greeting to those of you meeting in house churches, to adults, students. If you're home alone watching this, so glad that you're joining us today. Uh, this is my favorite week, one of them, of the year, because October 31st is the night I got saved. So Halloween for me holds a huge significance. But come back with me about a year. I'm in Safeway during uh, the end of the day when tons of people are in Safeway. And I'm about to check out, and I'm in a long line in aisle nine, at least walking there, when I see a woman on the other end of the aisle looking at the line to check out as well. And so I sped up, and then so did she. But I arrived there before her, and for a split second, I basked in victory. And then the Holy Spirit convicted me, and in the next split second, I said, hey, please, you, you go. And she declined and said, no, please, you, you were here first. I'm like, no, really. Literally, I said, I'm actually working on my patience, so you go ahead of me. To which she looked me in the eye and blurted out with laughter, <laughs> good luck with that. You know, we live in a culture that's getting faster and faster. And if COVID's done anything, it's exposed just how fast we want to live our lives. We get upset when Amazon Prime no longer guarantees teased two-day delivery. And lines are a new normal outside of Trader Joe's. Same-day delivery? <laughs> What's that? But real life and anything significant, it takes time. It takes time to grow a healthy garden to grow healthy relationships, to grow healthy children into mature adults, to grow a healthy marriage. Kids, it takes time to grow healthy parents. And friends, it takes time to grow in Christ-likeness and maturity. The time needed to grow anything of eternal value requires patience. Patience is an endangered American cultural value. Sadly, even amongst followers of Christ in America. But we need supernatural patience specifically in three areas, with others, with ourselves, and with God in His timing. So from the start, I want you to pause, and if you're by yourself, think about this. If you're in a group, talk this over. In our house churches, talk this over. In what area of these three are you most needing patience right now? Ready? Go.
All right, let's talk oysters. One of the most troubling things that could ever happen to an oyster is to have lodged within its confines a grain of sand. Now, most of the time, the oyster can locate it and expel it. However, there's times when, try as it might, the oyster can't get rid of this little grain of sand. And when it finds itself in a situation it can no longer control or change, when the oyster finds itself irritated or frustrated or exasperated or every other kind of aided, it locates the grain of sand and it lubricates it over and over and over until finally the sand and the lubrication calcifies into something we actually pay top dollar for, a pearl. You realize, don't you, that we pay top, what we pay top dollar for is at the end of the day, the product of an irritated, frustrated, exasperated oyster. But without that grain of sand, there would be no pearls. PCC, where am I going with this? God's on a mission to turn our lives, our mortal lives, into pearls. Now, we saw a few weeks ago in September, actually, from Ephesians 2.10, that we are God's masterpieces, right? God is committed to us, his pearls of great price. And we all say, amen. Who doesn't want to be a masterpiece? We're all in for the destination, the end result. The problem is, as followers of Jesus, we don't want to enter God's process for producing pearls. But listen to me, PCC. In the kingdom... There are no pearls without grains of sand. Throughout the Bible, we read of amazing human beings used by God in incredible ways, the heroes of the faith. But we tend to skip over, truncate their lives, the grains of sand moments that made them into the men and women of God they are. Hey, raise your hands if you want to be Christ-like. I mean, really, raise your hands if you want to be Christ-like. That, that's what we signed up for, right? And this is what this series is all about. We're looking at what we're calling the essentials, spirit-empowered character traits from Galatians 5, to 23. But hear me, we can never get into the delivery room of Christ-likeness without going through the waiting room called patience. So what is Patience. To be patient is to endure discomfort without complaint. To endure discomfort without complaint. There's no patience without difficult circumstances. Patience requires also some other virtues to make up a portfolio that create patience. It requires self-control. It requires humility. It requires love. It's a conglomerate, actually, of other virtues coming together. An example from the life of Jesus illustrates this. Jesus was incredibly patient, right, on planet Earth, especially with his disciples. They were the grains of sand in his life. And yet, we don't find him screaming at the disciples or making fun of them when they miss the point. Jesus' refusal to complain, even on the cross as he's being crucified, was an exercise in self-control and humility and actually love. Because as 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, love is patient. Now, we've been saying this every week. Everything God creates can be counterfeited. 
So what's the counterfeit of patience? This is not what we're aiming for. The counterfeit of patience is the best humanity can do in our own strength. It's a resentful, simmering tolerance. It's that rolling of the eyes, that internal, you're an idiot. Uh, or I need everyone to know I'm tolerating this, but I don't like it. That is everyone but you, the person they're tolerating. Basically, what we see, it's what we see in, in grocery self-checkout lines when someone's stumbling through the self-checkout and people are waiting behind him or her. Or it's what we see in, in airplanes. Remember those? When someone was in the aisle trying to get their stuff unloaded and in the overhead bin, and there's a long line of people waiting to get to their seats. What we're discussing is something completely different than that. Every week, these traits can be counterfeited. We're talking about a supernatural trait that will turn heads and point people to Jesus, which is exactly what happened in aisle nine in Safeway after I told the woman I'm working on patience. See, after she said good luck with that, there was a pregnant second, and the Holy Spirit gave me words. I said, oh, I have something better than luck. And then I just said, I'm actually a follower of Jesus, and I trust if he has the power to resurrect a dead man, it's no big deal for me to tap into that power for just a few minutes of patience in a grocery store line. Friends, that was a shopping cart stopper. And after about another 30 seconds of silence, this was a long line, <laughs> she looked at me and said, that's so cool. And a gospel conversation ensued, and aisle nine became holy ground. So all this leads to a book in the Bible called James, as we look at what patience is. And I want to warn you from the start, this is not a how-to message. This is more a perspective-providing message, which will bring about patience. Some context. James is the half-brother of Jesus, and this is the first written epistle in our Bible, in our New Testament. And it was written around 46 to 49 AD. That would be less than 20 years after Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. And the book is filled with imperatives. Throughout the book, James is saying, do this, do this. It's imperative. Do this, do this, do this. And the five verses of James chapter 5, verse 7 to 11, six times we see James saying, be patient. So open your Bibles, James chapter 5, verse 7. And look what he says. Here we go. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. His point here, by the way, good stuff takes time. Most everything God is doing or is going to do in our lives comes in stages. Mature anything, children, puppies, uh, character, mature marriages, they don't come with same-day delivery labels or one-click promises. That's what he's saying. So verse 8, James says, You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Now look what he doesn't do. He doesn't give us, this is bizarre, but it's so wide. He doesn't give us a schedule. He doesn't give us a timeline. He gives them a principle in us too. We never get a timeline with God. 
only an invitation to abide in Jesus and follow him and trust him on the journey. That's the experience we're in right now, my friends, with COVID. No one knows when this thing's going to be over, but Jesus invites us to follow him and trust him and not let these weeks or months be wasted. Then look what he says in verse 9. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you're going to be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have synonym of patience coming now, persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance, and you've seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So that word patience is actually a compound word in the original language, macrothumos. Macro meaning long. Thumos, it's a word we get thermometer from. It's an instrument that measures heat. Uh, But in the Bible, thumos meant the concept of anger. So literally patience means to be long in anger. It's the opposite of being quick-tempered. It means to defer or delay anger. Theologian uh, D.A. Carson, in a book called Scandalous, said this, quote, The reason you and I don't pray for patience is because we're theologically sophisticated enough to realize the very request for patience implies, quote, Lord, put me in a situation I don't like. That's where I found myself last Friday night. Uh, We did takeout sushi, a great place on Broadway, And on the website, we did it all and said, come at 7.30 and pick up your sushi. So I arrive at 7.20, hoping they would be early. That was far from the case. Long line, they're obviously understaffed. By the time I get to the counter at 7.40, they hadn't even put up my order yet. And I had a choice to make, knowing that I was working on this fruit of the spirit thing. And as 7.30 turned into 8.15, it's as if God, through James, was saying to me, Gary, This is how I make pearls. Be patient. So let's go a little deeper. Verse 7, look what it says. Be patient then, brothers and sisters. Look at this word. I'm so glad this word is in there. Until. I love that word. Patience implies, I'm sorry, until implies that whatever we're going through, hear this. Somebody needs to hear this today. Whatever we're going through has an expiration date. That is so important as people in our body are waiting for COVID to be done, or more importantly, and actually more severely, waiting to learn when the infertility will stop, or when that adult child will return back to the Lord, or when this battle with a character issue will be over, or when that strained relationship will be reconciled, or when the chronic disease will be healed. James is saying, in light of eternity, which is such a critical perspective to keep. In light of eternity, this is just a season. There's an until, there's a moment when we'll look back and see the season over, either on this earth or certainly in eternity. When you have that perspective, verse nine, you can live into this. Don't grumble against one another. See, patience isn't just physical, it's attitudinal. Grumbling is a nitpicking, a sideways complaining. 
It's a rolling of the eyes. It's a sideway look. It's not courageously full on having conflict. It's going sideways. And this right here is what differentiates that word, counterfeit patience, from the fruit of the Spirit, patience. James reminds us that it really is in the seemingly mundane circumstances where the spiritual battles for Christ-like character is being fought. Those seemingly insignificant battles will determine, friends, the kind of uh, people we become, the pearls that we become. So if we can't grumble, what's the alternative? Well, James says it. Turn left a few chapters, James chapter 1. Look what he says in verse 2 to 4. Most of us know this. Consider pure joy. There it is, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. In other words, James is saying patience is the path to joy. We all want joy. There's a way to get there through trials and being patient. Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be, here's the pearl, mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, we consider trials as joy as we trust God in his pearl manufacturing process. Mature, complete, not lacking anything. Don't we want that? God has a way bigger perspective and he has way bigger uh, battles that are fighting than our own little circumstances. And he's out to mature us through trials. Now, closing really fast. Look at verse 10 to 11. It says, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the midst of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance, and you've seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. The last perspective principle, James invites us to look to the prophets. You know, growing up uh, in Marin, my family, because my dad worked in West Oakland, were season ticket holders to the Oakland Raiders. I'm still part of the Raider Nation, right? And they were larger than life back then. I remember as a high school football player, I had a banner like the one over my shoulder and posters of what I considered the holy trinity of the Raiders hanging on the wall in my room. Lester Hayes, Howie Long, and the ghost to the post, Dave Casper. At night, as I was sore from football practice in high school or as I was going through football and running and, and uh, straining, and, and thinking, this is so hard, I would look at night at those posters, and they inspired me. I would watch them play on Sunday. It inspired me to press on. Here's where I'm going with this. James is saying, as you're struggling with patience, you have some posters in the scriptures you could look to. The prophets of old, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the great ones in the scriptures, Ruth, Esther, Mary in the New Testament, or Job himself, who lived through incredible and with incredible patience, but was never let in on the conversation and the activity in the spiritual realm as he lived his life on earth. These were in and are in the Bible to inspire us. Some of you at the end of this gathering need to go to Hebrews 11 and just read through 
how people live by faith and with patience and in obedience. So in conclusion, where are we going with this? What do I want to say? Be patient, child of God. Choose to see your frustration as formation. God's in the business of creating pearls who through their lives and through their lips join God in the gospel global redemption project. By way of application, I really want to encourage you to read the book we're, we're having alongside this series called Cultivate. Uh, in my opinion, the chapter on patience is the best chapter yet. But I have some questions for us all as we close in prayer. Here's the first. Do you trust God enough to ask God to produce in and through you the fruit of Christ-like character, specifically patience? And as you think about it, where has the Holy Spirit been convicting you where patience is most needed right now? Think of those three areas we opened with. Around yourself, with others, or in God's timing. If you're a parent or a guardian, I just want to say this attribute is critical to parenting. Where is God inviting you to be patient with those little pearls that God's entrusted to you? And I think missionally for us as a church, God's calling our lives to be patient around our mission and our, 22, our 2020 priorities for this year, how we're going to advance the gospel through intergeneration, uh, intergenerational relationships we're calling the family table, or how we're going to see the gospel advance through tearing down walls and reconcil uh, racial reconciliation take place. Friends, this is going to take patience. Or for some of us, in the next two weeks, this political moment that we're in, in conversations or online, would you dare to have patience in our interactions? As we close, let me pray for you in these areas and for me. Father, we give ourselves to you. We know, we know who we are. We know our limits. And what's great is we know that you love us just the way we are. And so, Father, take these grains of sand, these mere mortal lives, and would you, in the process of trials, through the power of the Holy Spirit, as we root ourselves in that power, in you, and abide in you, oh, Father, would you produce the fruit of the Spirit? Yes, love, joy, peace. But, Father, we pray specifically for patience. Friends, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want you to know Jesus is in the process of saving. That's my story from October 31st. I, I gave him my life and he saved me. I'm a different man on a different tra trajectory because of that prayer. If you've never said yes to Jesus, would you be willing to say to Jesus, take my life, yes, I want to follow you. Take my brokenness, my sin, and make me into the man or woman you designed me to be. If you've never said yes to Jesus, would you do that right now? And it, for those of you who've already said yes to Jesus, would you think of what are the areas in your life that you need patience in and offer those to Jesus right now to save? And just give them to him and say, yes, take this relationship. Yes, take this timing issue. Yes, take this, whatever it is saying to Jesus, I trust you. 
Give me patience in this trial so I can have joy. Father, whatever we're offering to you, we give you afresh and anew our very lives. Lord, this is essential. And we pray that you would have your way in us. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.